0: It is a beautiful day. We're glad to be with you again. And I always say it's, every morning I get up, I'm just grateful to get up. And uh, God has been so good to Carol and I. But at this point in my life, I don't even buy green bananas, as somebody once said. So, um, I have a quiz for you. How do you make varnish disappear? I haven't asked you this, have I? Okay, how do you make varnish disappear? Check and see how your brain's working today. Who said that? You've got it. You take the R out of it. Vanish. Do I have to explain it? It's... This side better get with it. That's two in a row over here on this side. So, anyway. You want on our side next. <laughs> 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 well, next Sunday I'll look over here and ask the question and see how that works. Anyway, turn to Psalm 33, if you will, in your Bibles. Hope you had a good week. Hope your week went better than this, fella. I had to cut this out because I thought it was kind of a man who had just undergone a very complicated operation called the doctor's office to complain about a bump on his head, terrible headache, and so on. Uh, since it had been abdominal, abdominal, uh, you know, abdominal surgery, the nurse he spoke with couldn't imagine why he'd be complaining of a headache. And so the nurse told the patient that she would speak with the doctor. She thought perhaps he could be suffering from some post-operative shock of some kind. So the doctor said, oh, don't worry about it, the doctor told her. He really does have a bump on his head. About halfway through the operation, we ran out of anesthetic. (laughs) Ah, good old medicine, huh? I want to talk to you today about the uh, blessing of creation. There's quite a few verses I have in here. I don't apologize for it because we've got to get this right. Because if we don't get this right, we question the authority of the Word of God, the Bible. If we question the authority of the Word of God, of the Bible, then what do we have? We have our own subjective thinking and and, uh, we're tossed about by every wind of doctrine, as Ephesians says. And uh, so, on the basis of the authority of the Word of God and other things, uh, we need to get this part right. And so, it's the blessing of creation, and if you have your little notes, everybody get one, or did did I leave enough out? Oh, there's still some back there. Okay, all right. So, what a tremendous blessing! that our God has provided for us to experience and enjoy, that's for sure. And uh, what a beautiful, complex creation we have. And I want to just share a little bit here from the psalmist, and I want to share with you again from Genesis Or Yenesis as my, I have a Norwegian grandmother. She's in heaven now. She was pure Norwegian and she couldn't, for some reason, if you had jam on your bread, it was yam. Or if you pronounced Genesis, it was Yenesis. And, and, uh, uh, that was her Norwegian coming through. But from Genesis to Revelation, we are told a great deal about creation and how it is a foundation for our faith. I don't minimize the cross. I believe in preaching the cross and the gospel message, but part of the full gospel message of of Christ is creation. And uh, so let's see what the Scripture says, first of all, in Psalm 33, verse 6, 7, 8, and 9. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them, listen now, by the breath of his mouth. Secularists just cringe when they think of anybody believing that. You know, or would you rather believe their definition Modern man's definition of origins of life was a quantum fluctuation in a primordial pool. You want me to repeat that or have you had enough? This is documented what many of the so-called secular, uh, uh, humanistic evolutionists believe. That the origin of life happened in a quantum fluctuation in a primordial pool. You ask them to explain that, and they say, "Well, it's a Star Trek thing, is what it is, and uh, you just gotta stretch your brain." I'm telling you that that the authority of the word, and uh, by the way, I have a strong science background. And as I grew up, science meant two things: observation and experiment. You observe and you experiment. If it can be clinically experimented, or if you observed, and of course, no one was around when in the beginning, but the Lord. And uh, and uh, so we look at what His Word says, and what His Word says matches what we see. In all of creation. Anyway, let's finish this here. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of His mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. This is what I love, verse 9. For He spoke... And it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And this is taught from Genesis to Revelation. So creation occurred by the word of His power. That's called ex nihilo. If you you want a $10 word today, it's a big theological term that means out of nothing. It's E-X and then N-I-H-I-L-O. And it's a scientific word that means out of nothing. So creation occurred by the word of His power and for His purpose. So let me read that for you. If you don't want it, you should be able to find Revelation. That's pretty easy, isn't it? If you can find Genesis, you can find Revelation. Revelation 4.11. This is the scene in heaven. And... Um, the throne and the twenty-four elders and and uh, Almighty God and, and there and and it was just awe-inspiring this glimpse into heaven in Revelation four at the end of the chapter. This is what it says. They were saying to the Lord, "Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Listen now, for you have created all things." And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. So they were created for his purpose. So this is just foundational truth. They were created. All of creation was pronounced good at the beginning in Genesis 1. Of course, we know what happened. And the result of that was the curse. The result of sin was the curse. And now if you're a farmer here today, you know where thorns and thistles came. That's Genesis 3, 17 to 18, all because of sin. And it was, you know, it was created good. So finishing that little paragraph, and it will be gloriously restored in the future. How would you like to glimpse the future when Christ comes back and... Earth will know her golden age. That's right, in Isaiah. Whoops, Isaiah eleven verse six. This you've heard this before, I bet. The wolf will lay or dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. This isn't figurative speech. This is going to happen. I mean. Everything, the animal kingdom, the the curse will be lifted, the the plant kingdom, and everything. Verse 7. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Even digestive things will be changed. Okay, verse 7. Verse 8. And the nursing child shall play on the hole of the snake. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Listen now. For the earth shall be full. This will happen. The earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I can't wait for that. Amen. I mean, the whole earth will honor him and know him shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as waters cover the sea. And I think of that, and I think what a difference. Verse 10, and in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, and that's referring to the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall stand for an incident in the peoples. To him shall the nations seek, and his rest shall be glorious. This is just a glimpse of how God's creation will be restored. The curse will be lifted. But now, of course, we have thorns and thistles and we have sin throughout the world and, uh, and all of that. But in the future, it will be different. I gave you another verse. You can look up that when you want. Now, are you ready to move on? Here it is. Creation is a gift from God to give us a home. Listen to what Isaiah 45:18 says. For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, God himself who formed the earth and made it, he has established it, he created it, not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. Say as long as I'm here, Would you like to see the John 3.16 of the Old Testament? It's just four verses down from the verse I just read. You want me to read it for you? You have to say yes. Ah, thank you. Uh, Isaiah uh, 45 and then verse 22. I call this the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. When God says, look unto me and be saved, all the earth, for I am God and there is none else. That's an invitation for the whole earth, everyone, to look unto Him and be saved. And, and uh, so, message is true in the Old Testament as well as it is in the New. Okay. Time for an illustration. Can you tell what that is? I didn't think so. They didn't put sense on that, they just had five. Along came an enter- enterprising man named Josh who was legally blind and deaf, but he had a mind. This is called a racketeering. Something very cheap. But this racketeering nickel looked remarkably like a $5 gold piece. So he would dip it in gold like the one here. He'd go to a store and he'd buy change the name So just pass it around. I do. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Listen closely. Have you ever heard of the term when someone's trying to kid you or fool you, the term, you're joshing me? How many have heard that? Yeah, most of you. That's where that came from. The guy named Josh... As he tried to Josh, he got the, the phrase came about because he was trying to fool somebody. To this day, 100 years, 130 years, 140 years later, that phrase, you're Josh me. Now, if somebody's named Josh in here. No offense, please. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know everybody's name yet. but And here's the point. When in this situation of life, you have the so-called think tanks and people with all these scientific degrees, and I'm not against education, been involved in it all my life. Try to tell you about billions of years ago, try to tell you of this and this theory of evolution, which they present as fact. Listen to me now. Someone is joshing you. And they've pulled this hoax on generation after generation, and we're reaping the consequences. Were it not for Darwin's theory of evolution, Hitler would not have got the idea that life didn't matter to the undesirables. The gypsies and the Jews and what he called undesirables, and just murdered by the millions. And we have all the five sides. We have the homicide. We have the suicide. We have the genocide and, you know, and so on. Where life is not precious because we're just an animal. And this is what's been hoaxed upon our young people, upon my generation and upon generations past. And someone's joshing you. Because all you have to do is look around, not just based on the authority of the Word of God. Look around. I mean, the the beauty of the flowers I bought my wife for Valentine's Day. You just look at them. Fellas, let me say it again. The beauty of the flowers I bought for my wife on Valentine's Day. Amen. Well, two of you did. (laughs) I mean, just look at the human eye. And all the intricacies and complexities that you see. And I'll read Psalm 19. That's the next one. Creation is a gift from God to give us a home. It reveals God to all. Listen to Psalm 19. You know this probably, but I'm going to read it again. Whoops, I'm in the wrong one. Here we go. Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare or shout the glory of God. The firmament showeth His handiwork. That's why when I put out a doctrinal statement, whether it's the abridged or the uh, uh, long, boring one or whatever, what I put in there is the plain truth of the authority of the Word of God, and that is the teaching of Scripture and the evidence of what I see with my own eyeballs is that God created everything that exists, as the Bible says, in six literal twenty-four-hour days, and the Scripture teaches that, and the evidence that we see. Uh, man, I tell you, have you ever been to the redwoods? Anybody? Ah, isn't that a magnificent thing? I have some videos called Journeys to the Edge of Creation. And actually, they'd be good for a Sunday school class. They're only 40 minutes long. And uh, it's just beautiful, biblically-based set, first on the solar system, video number two on the Milky Way and beyond. And it uses the Hubble telescope. It's very beautiful. And it uses the Bible. And and, uh, it's wonderful teaching, beautiful. Uh, series that I'd be glad to show here sometime. Of course, I don't know when that would be or how that would work, but or I could loan them to you, and and uh, and I have a policy: if you don't return things to me, you get shot at dawn. Uh, The heavens declare the glory of God. Day unto day utter speech, night unto night shows knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. I mean, here you have God's purpose for the universe to declare his glory. And uh, I'm going to get to what this means to you in a few moments. What it means to you individually. But God's purpose for the universe. And Romans 1.20, these are verses you need to know to defend your faith. At least know where they're at, what they say, Romans 1.20. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Knowing that God created everything is not going to save you. You need to come to the cross. But it's light that has been given to everybody. And if they live up to that light, I believe God will send them more light. And uh, at some time, we would hope that they would see the whole truth of God and come to the cross and be born again. Anyway, if you're still with me, Romans 1.20, and eliminates any excuse to deny God's existence. I, I heard a while back that the atheists were, were uh, upset that they don't have a holiday like, you know, Christian people and Jewish people have, you know, Yom Kippur and we have Christmas and Easter. And, and so they were complaining and one old boy said, you do have a holiday. It's April 1st. Because the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14, 1. (laughs) April 1st. They didn't like that, but anyway. Okay, now here's an important scripture again. And again, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but we need to see. Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter, right? By faith, you know. Adam did this, and Enoch did that, and by faith, Moses did this, by faith, Abraham. It's a famous Hall of Fame faith chapter. But verse 3 is interesting because we find that creation provides a foundation to a meaningful faith, if you're taking notes. Creation provides a foundation to a meaningful faith. Listen to Hebrews 11.3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. God didn't start with a big blob. He didn't remake something from the Big Bang, what they call the Big Bang. None of that happened. He spoke, and then something from nothing. Only God can do that. That's why... We can worship Him and love Him. Only God, a holy God, can send His Son so we can know Him as Creator and Redeemer. And friend, by the way. I like that song. What a friend we have in, in Jesus. Okay? So, here's the foundation, Hebrews eleven three 3, of our faith. And it points directly to our Lord Jesus Christ. He was creator, listen now, before he became redeemer. You need to put that in your notes. He was creator before he became redeemer. Now there are three verses there, and I don't know how many more I'm going to look up today. We're running out of time. But Colossians uh, 1.16. Let me read it. I was going to quote it, but I'm not as sure as I was last week. For by Him, by Jesus, were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible, invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. John 1, 3 says, all things were made by Him, by Christ. And then Hebrews 1, verse 3 um well, you can read that there, there's a there's that's an important scripture. Let's get on. I'm going to fill in the last uh, thing here for you. creation is part of the full gospel message the last verse in the Bible to cite the gospel shows its message to include creation. Revelation 14 6 through7 read about it sometime. Uh, as its foundation. And Revelation is full of the creation message. Anyway, there are three, in fact, there are three C's to the dynamic, dynamic message of the gospel. Actually, there's seven. I'm going to give you the three main ones. Creation, the cross with its power over sin and death. You want me to repeat it? The cross with its power over sin and death. And then the consummation, that's the new heaven and new earth. You read about that in Revelation 21, where it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. No no more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. And I say, Hallelujah, it's coming. And it gives the believer future hope. See, there's creation, there's catastrophe. And that's at the flood. There's confusion, that's at the Tower of Babel, the cross and consummation. You get the idea. The seven seas, they call it. But the three main ones I just gave you. This is what I want to get to. And the one ongoing creation act that continues to, God continues to perform is the new birth. Remember what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says? It says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are new. So God is still in His creative, in the sense of the word, creating a new creature through faith in Christ's redeeming work on the cross. Now the final verse is not in your notes. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter (coughs) 2. Excuse me. Time for a little water. You know Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, don't you? Anybody say that by heart? For by grace are you mm -hmm, through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But do you know verse 10? It says, For we are his workmanship. This is to believers now. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The word created here. Now, you see that word workmanship? In the Greek original text, it means masterpiece. God created a beautiful, beautiful universe, beautiful life on earth. But the most wonderful thing he created According to his own heart, is mankind, and when sin came, and the gulf came between God and man, he sent his son, and now, through faith in his Son and what he did on the cross and the empty tomb, we can be reconciled back to God and be his master, peace. I visited a dear old gal down in Colorado who was a painter. Very rich. She had a full-time gardener. She had full-time this, full-time that. Anyway, she was a friend of one of our friends, and we were going up in the mountains. And uh, so we were invited to stay at her mansion. And she painted over 100, I think 116 oil paintings, most of them the mountains. And uh, anyway, she was showing us this and that. She said, then I want to show you my masterpiece. Did you know every artist has a masterpiece? And it was beautiful. And God calls you his masterpiece. Redeemed by the blood of his son. So now you can know him as creator and redeemer. Let's sing that song. I love you, Lord. All right? We're going to sing that because that's our response to the one who created all things and the one who made me and you and all in Christ a new creation, his masterpiece makes me love him more. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and sing this song. Just go through it twice. worship the sun or the moon or anything like that we worship the one who put it all in place who sustains it and the one who made you his masterpiece through faith in his son amen Amen. thank you lord for these moments in time for the beautiful creation for all that you mean to us and i pray lord that we would be mindful of not only you as our redeemer but our creator redeemer sustainer and friend Bless these folks. Give them a great Lord's Day, great week. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.